What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And I'm Giuliano Caleri. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. It's been a great day, a great past weekend with uh, Serie A finally being back. It's been an exciting weekend, a lot of games to discuss. Um, today is Tuesday, September the 22nd, and we are going to jump right in. We've got a... So we had uh, crazy six games uh, to start off the season, and uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of rumors, a lot of drama happening in Italian soccer right now with some transfers, some non-transfers, um, and then uh, we'll take you home with uh, the Canadian Premier League uh, that ended uh, this past weekend, and uh, you know a great final there. So congratulations to Forge FC, but we'll dig into that a little later. But uh, let's get started, Giuliano. I mean uh, Saturday, September the nineteenth, first game Fiorentina and Torino yes the uh, opener yeah I think it uh, went exactly as uh, you had said that it would but uh, you know take us through it yeah it went exactly as I thought it would considering the two managers in uh, you know in pole position for these two teams Torino's uh, once again the coach there is Marco Giampaolo Fiorentina the coach is Giuseppe Iacchini the game went like I said, as I thought it would. Giampaolo had his team set up in a 4-3-1-2, trying to keep possession, trying to break down Fiorentina. Fiorentina set up in their 3-5-2, more of a counterattack and uh, system with a lot of speed on the wings. Your wingers were Chiesa, Biragi on the wings, and they were able to just dominate, especially Chiesa. I liked that he started on the right side as opposed to the left. I think he's more effective on the right side, uh, coming and crossing the ball. I think it works better than... I think it works better that way for him as opposed to being on the left trying to cut in, shoot, and score. Yeah. I think he's more effective setting up his teammates because uh, he, he played really, really good that game. And uh, for Torino, uh, I think an outstanding performer was uh, Sirigu in that game. I think he made almost three goal line clearance saves. He played really, really good on Kwame. Um, so that's kind of how that game went up uh, just as we thought good win for Fiorentina good way to start the season I believe they play into next but we'll talk about that later what did you think about the games yeah I mean uh, Fiorentina you know came out played soaked in the pressure uh, played the counter-attacking style and then uh, you had uh, Torino like you said would line up with Giampaolo play more of a build-up play mm-hmm. and they did that you know they had some great chances and uh you know un- unfortunately didn't go their way Salvatore Sirigu fantastic in that lights out for Torino really feel for the guy I mean uh you know his defense really needs to step up a little bit and uh give him more support but uh unfortunately for them they they start the season off with uh with a loss and uh, good for Fiorentina you know one nothing win it's a good win for them yeah the defense, just as you mentioned, there was on that goal. I noticed Armando Izzo, who was the right back, he totally let uh, Castrovilli just sneak in right behind him. Yeah, he wasn't even paying attention. I don't even. He was looking into outer space or something. Castrovilli just came right behind him, tapped it in. Well, a volley, I should say, not really a tap, but volleyed it into the back of the net off that beautiful Chiesa run, beating Ansaldi. So, the defense, yes, you do have to wake up. I just want to ask you, too, on Simone Zaza and Bilotti. They both started, which I thought they would. I got to say, though, I was pretty disappointed with them yeah. in this game. Did two not Ita- show up. Yeah, two Italian internationals. I can't believe uh, the performance they put in. Did not show up. As Andrea Bilotti, you're the captain of this team. You're the second number nine in the Italian national team. You have to do better. 
He didn't do better. He is. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do. He really needs to put his head down and, and start working hard. Simone Zaza, um, I think, you know, he's uh, he's a good, solid player. Probably doesn't deserve to start. Um, I think they need to have be a little more creative there, and uh, give somebody that can uh, create the plays behind Bellotti, and then have Bellotti become the finisher. I think that's what needs to happen. There's too much pressure on Andrea Bellotti right now in order to create goal chances and, and, and finish them. And I think that's probably why he looks to be the overrated striker that a lot of people think that he is. So mm-hmm. they need that creative midfield sitting behind him, kind of that trequartista. Yeah, because Alex Berenguer is sitting there right now, and I don't think he... He uh, doesn't offer that. He doesn't offer what Bellotti needs. Yeah, when I think of Berenguer, he's more of a... A speed player get him yeah. behind he does have good dribbles uh good footwork but i don't know if he has the vision for that pass you know so yeah it falls on the shoulders of Bellotti quite a bit um so yeah that's how that game went on yeah i think how we're gonna have a little bit more to say about this next game yeah. breaking news we just want to say uh roma was so it ended up in a zero zero draw yep but as of today Roma was deducted. Uh, it was awarded a loss. Yeah, it was rewarded a loss. Fielding an uh, allegedly an illegal player in Amadou Diawara because he was registered uh, under the under twenty two squad, and he wasn't actually registered to the senior team. It was it's minor mix up in uh, it's a minor administrative mix up, but according to the federation, it's cost them three points, and. Uh, as of right now, Roma will be appealing it. Uh, the what about the strange twist? So the the manager or the uh, the Pantaleo Longo, uh, who is it, who was responsible for this error, who's one of who's on the Roma staff, um, decided to ter- send in his resignation uh, for this error because he knows that it costed Roma three points. So he's resigned, but now he is actually going to be hired by Hellas Verona, the team he made the mistake against in the game. Yeah. So it's, it's such a strange, bizarre twist, but, uh, we'll keep following that. Uh, Roma, there's a lot of drama around Roma right now. And, uh, the zero zero draw was disappointing to begin with. And it's even more disappointing now that it is a word of loss. This is not how you want to start. If you're the Jello Rossi and, uh, unfortunately this is how we're going to start. Uh, but we'll get right into it. I mean, uh, Roma for the most part played a good game. Uh, they, they, they played a possession style and, uh, you know, they, they really did pin Hellas Verona back, but, uh, you know, Hellas Verona had some great counterattacks, hit yeah, the post a couple of times. Yeah, they hit the bar, yeah. And, uh, you know, all, all the credit to them. For Be- beautiful shot by Di Marco. Yeah, that was a, I yeah. thought that was going in. Yeah. I thought that was going in. But uh, luckily, it did not. Spinazzola hit the bar, too, right? Spinazzola Crossbar. hit the bar. That would have been one of the one of the goals of the season already mm-hmm. if, he, if that goes in. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini had a good look, too. Yeah. Uh, went just wide. Mkhitaryan, I think, led the game in shots. Five. He did. He did. He missed a sitter. Yeah. Um, Pedro, too, I believe. Pedro yeah. Pedro had, had a couple of shots on that, too. Shots, Pedro yeah. actually played. That was the one bright spot in this Roma game is Pedro actually, he played really well. And you know what? So did Mkhitaryan. The team played well. But the big thing was we had no, we, Ed and Zeko sat on the bench because of the rumblings of him going to Juventus. And, uh, you know, we don't have Arak Milik. So Big mess up front. It, it, it's, a, it's a disaster up front. So right now we don't, you know, we have Ed and Zeko still. 
Eric Milik is not coming to Roma. And uh, I can't tell you how disappointed I am with this player. Uh, it's it's really frustrating. You know, you have your Roma medical. You uh, you know that you're going to go to a team. You I understand you're going to a team that's rebuilding. Uh, essentially, is a lower level than Napoli. And... Uh, I think at the end of the day, he caused a huge kerfuffle because he didn't want to go to Roma. Originally, he wanted to go to Juventus, um, and then he was rumored to go to Roma. He went. He went for his medical. It looked like he was all set to sign on the dotted line, and then all of a sudden, this bizarre twist where he gets into a fight with uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis, the owner of Napoli, over some fines, uh, image rights, some payouts. At the end of the day, it was all about money, and. Uh, now he's not going to Roma. He's uh, rumored to have been offered to Tottenham. It looks like Tottenham are interested in his services now. And that kind of leaves Roma in a huge kerfuffle. Uh, now Roma has Edin Zeko, who is inevitably going to be going to Juventus. Juventus gets impatient with everything that's going on, jumps on Alvaro Morata, puts that deal together really quickly. Alvaro Morata underwent medical today. He's going to sign his deal. So Edin Zeko now... Seemingly on his way to Juventus is now staying at the moment with Roma. Yeah, it would seem that way. Um, yeah, Roma looks lost without a striker up front, without 100%. the focal point, especially since they've been, you know, Jekyll's been the man up front. Yeah, the last few seasons now, uh, not a smooth start for Friedkin. No, Friedkin owners definitely not a smooth start. Roma's Roma's a disaster. Roma is an absolute disaster right now. I mean, we had some real positive signings. Like you know, we thought Alec Milik was coming. We got Marash Kambula, was you know great, highly rated center back, building towards the future. And then this mess happens. The good news is Marash Kambula. You know, you're still there. Um, you still have Marash Kambula, which was a great signing, probably the signing of the summer for them. And uh, now you got to find a way to 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 get to bag some points because you know Roma's Roma's goal is a top four finish. That is the goal for this group. They they cannot settle for anything less. But realistically, they're not going to be more than a high mid table team with this mess that's going on. Yeah, you know they they do look lost. You cannot Mkhitaryan running in a false nine. It's good. It's a good fallback to have. It's not a bad fallback to have. But you cannot feel your team constantly with a false knight. You need a striker. And now Roma, not only... I don't think... Ed, I think Eden Zeko, if he stays at Roma, this transfer window is still going to give it his all because he's that player that's all about the name on the front of the jersey and not the name on the back of the jersey. And I have a, all the amount of respect in the world for Eden Zeko. And I think Arik Mili cares more about the name on the back of the jersey than the name on the front of the jersey. And you know what? I'm glad you're not coming to Roma because... I, I You know what? I, I'm so enraged with this... With what with what's happened, I, I'm I have, I'm at a loss for words. Um, for with with Adek Milik, but you care too much about the name on the back of the jersey. You're gonna go sit on the bench at Tottenham. Good luck getting into the Polish national team for Euro Cup, and if you do, I hope you get destroyed. So <laughs> strong words, strong words. Yeah. How about we'll take the focus off of Milik for a second? What about uh? The goalie situation at Roma. You have Diante, yeah. 37 years old, I believe. Played outstanding. He did. with Marco Silvestri. He but did. your big signing, Paul Lopez, sitting on the bench. What's going on there? See, that's that's a problem that I have with this Roma team. That's This is going to cause a bit of a mess. Right now, Antonio Mirante is the better goalkeeper, hands down. But if you're in Ro- you're Roma and you're 
you're rebuilding your identity. You're you're in a, you're basically in a rebuild where the fans and the club have accepted that. Guess what? You're gonna be you're gonna build this year, and then you're gonna get to the next level in the years to come. So if you have this one year of grace period, and you spend they spent I think twenty three and a half million euros bringing in this goalkeeper from Betis last year, which is a record for them, and you bench him. I understand that he did not have the greatest season last year. He made some terrible mistakes, uh, but he wants to stay. He wants to prove his worth. You cannot let 23.5 million euros sit on the bench this season. You really can't. You have to play him. I understand if you're trying to sell him that uh, you you want to protect him if there's a deal in place. From my understanding, there's no deal in place with Paulo Lopez. Paulo Lopez is going to be a Roma... A, a Romani stuff for this, at least for the rest of this year, uh, unless a deal miraculously comes up. But if you're going to get anything, you're never going to get the value that you put in to buying this player. So if you're going to get anything back and try to recoup all that loss that you got in buying this goalkeeper, you got to play him. You got to hope he does well, brings up his value, and then sell him. You can't just let this guy sit on the bench. Antonio Mirante, no disrespect to you. You're a fantastic goalkeeper at 37 years old. You played outstanding. Um, never, I don't think Antonio Mirante has never had a season where he's had massive blunders. He's always been a solid goalkeeper. And, you know, all the credit in the world to you. But Paulo Lopez needs to start these, these games. He really does. What kind of message are you sending to Paulo Lopez when you bench him? He should be the Roma starter, whether you agree with me or not, based on his skill level. He, based on the money that you've spent on this guy, he has to start. He has to start, hands down. But sat on the bench. We'll hopefully see him in the next game. Because uh, Roma need to win that game now. Unfortunately, it is against Juventus, which is going to be a massive hill to climb for the Giallo Rossi. Don't want to start out. Don't want to start zero and two. No, season, we don't. Right? We don't. And you know, inevitably, we'll get into it a little bit later. But it looks like that's probably going to happen. Uh, but you know, just to break down this Roma and Hellas Verona game, you know, zero zero. I feel if Roma had that Eden Zeko or that number nine up top, they would have won this game. They would have came away with a one nothing, two nothing win. Um, but you know what? They they tied zero zero. Credit to Hellas Verona. Now they got three points out of it. So you know, good for them and. Yeah. You know, you just hope that Roma can really turn it around because it's only going to get harder. And if you're going to be aiming for that top four finish, which I know this club is aiming for, whether people, fans want to buy into it or not, this club thinks they're capable of a top four finish. And, um, you know, you have to win these games if you want to finish top four, hands down. True. All right, let's go on to the next game. Parma-Napoli. Yeah, Parma-Napoli. So a 2 nothing win. Game. Yeah, game. it was a really exciting game. They played really well. And, uh, you know, what did you think of that game? I know you took kept a close eye on it. Yeah, same. Another result uh, that went the way I thought it would. You had uh, Fabio Liberani's debut with Parma. You know, they played well. But like I said, Napoli just has superior quality in that team. They couldn't... Uh, keep up with the attacking efficiency of Napoli um, very impressed by Insigne and Dries Martens that game Ospina ended up starting a net too yep. which uh, another prediction that turned out to be true uh, it's, it makes sense that Gattuso is why he did it a sure. uh, little bit disappointed in Luigi Luigi Seppi that game he'd made one error on yeah. the second goal um, so not the greatest game for him 
but another game that went the way I thought it should Napoli it's on a whole different level compared yeah. to Parma and uh Deserve, yeah. deserved victory yeah and I think the squad's really bought into Gennaro Gattuso's system uh, they look solid they look confident with the ball and uh, if Kaladu Koulibaly stays they have they have, you know I was looking at this Napoli team you look at them they really don't have a weakness you, can, they you don't. can't think of a weakness in they this don't team. they don't this is why I think Napoli's gonna finish in the top four they look solid they've bought in they got a, they got a solid attack I mean, uh, you know. I, I said it, I think, first on podcast. Yeah, one of the most, you know, any team in City, I would want some of these players in their attack. Absolutely. I think, it, I think personally, it's the best attack, man for man, in uh, in the league. Napoli's attack. I still had them finishing outside of the Champions League spots, I believe. Yep. But uh, they look good. I'm starting to, my head's turning a bit on that. Well, it is. It is. It's it, only one. It's game. only one game. So let's see what happens the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. As the season progresses, yeah, but they're played amazing. Like I said, no obvious weaknesses. They defend good. They win balls in the air. They pass. They shoot from distance. They can do intricate passing inside the box and create openings. The movement off the ball is phenomenal. They play with width. They can play narrow. They can do it all. So they're going to be Napoli's not going to be an easy game for anybody going forward. No, definitely not. Anything else on that game? No, just uh, all the credit in the world to this Napoli team. I think they're uh, they're going to be underestimated by a lot of clubs, and uh, I think uh, that's a big mistake. You don't want to underestimate a Gennaro Gattuso club because they can really – I think they can beat anybody in the league right now. I think they can give Juventus a run. I think they can give Inter a run. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to finish top three or they're going to they're gonna be a Scudetto contender, but uh, I think they have – what it takes to cause quite a few upsets and they could beat any team. Yeah, yeah, very true. I agree with that. So the next match, uh, like we like we said uh, last week, the highlight of the weekend, the most important match, I thought myself. Yeah. And the same thing, the Genoa-Crotonia match. And boy, did we get uh, an interesting picture painted for us after this with this result. So oh, 100%. Tell us a bit about it. 100%. I mean, Genoa basically came out, dominated this game against a Crotone team that doesn't look prepared for this season. Doesn't look prepared to fight it out and stay in Serie A. They, they, they looked flat. Yes, they got a goal. But this Genoa team is going to be a solid mid-table team. Like we said in the past, this Genoa team, you know, barely staying alive in Serie A this past season, just, you know, Barely. I think it was, like I said, it was the last game or two games to go, and they were still fighting it out to stay in Serie A. I mean, they know what it takes. Genoa knows, okay, we don't need another season like that. Genoa is a very rich football club in Italy. And, you know, there's a big following in Ge- with Genoa with them, too. And Genoa knows we need to get to the next level. It's time. We cannot be this, rele- we cannot always be in a relegation battle every year in City A. What we need to do is we need to come out, we need to bury this season, we need to finish mid-table we, and prepare for next season. We need to secure City A status with 10, 13 weeks in hand, finishing in a great mid-table spot, and then that way we can focus and we can invest in bringing in great players and getting to that next level, which is probably going to be a higher mid-table or a Europa Conference League or Europa League spot. I think this Genoa team, if they do this and they build this way, they are 
going to be have a very bright future. They got some great players in there. You know, Mattia Peren offers. He brings a lot to this Genoa team. He came from Genoa uh, before Juventus, before that whole debacle there. He's found his feet again with this Genoa team. Just hope he can stay healthy because in the first, I believe it was 10 minutes of the game, he did a dive and immediately was hurt. Yeah. That's the that's the part that's scary. With but he stuck hitting. it out. He did. But stick he it stuck out. it out. He stuck it out. But you just hope he stays healthy. Yeah, you hope he stays healthy. We hope he stays healthy. I think he will. Mm-hmm. But you know, look at some of these players like Christian Zapata playing back there for Genoa. You know, Goran Pandev again, another goal by Goran Pandev. Yeah, I just I want to say Pandev in the first ten minutes of that game, he was on fire. He, he, he set, was. He set up uh, the first goal. Yeah. He scored that beautiful chip. It was awesome. Sat Cordaz on his uh, on his cooler when he chipped it right <laughs> over him. Cordaz looked terrible in that game. Well, Cordaz uh, is not Cordaz in my he, books. He's not a Serie A goalkeeper. No, he definitely isn't. He had a terrible game. Zapacosta was signed, I think, the day before the yeah, match. That's Something the crazy. that's the big one. David Zapacosta came right in, bang, hit hey, the ground cuts running in from the left uh, mid wing, left whatever you want to call it, that left side of position. Yep. Cuts in and smashes the shot. Uh, and so he had a really good debut. Pandev, good. Yeah. Mattia Destro. Mattia Destro, another former goal. Roman. Yeah. Roma player. Yeah. Had a good game, scored a goal, smashed the crossbar. Yeah. And then. And Gilione, too. Two, two good assists from the right midfielder. And then uh, Milan Badelli controlling that yeah. midfield. Yeah. Got an assist in the game, too. He did very good at controlling yeah. the game. Marco, I, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still not convinced fully of this team. You still, you got for me. You got to consider who their competition was. Crotone, I gave no chance in hell of doing anything in uh, City A this year. I know they walked over them, but I still, still early for me with this Genoa team. For Genoa, you got to win these games. It was a good start. Genoa knew how important these three points were against this Crotone team, and they came out and they just dominated the game. Good for them. I think they're going to claim a couple of more scalps. I think they're going to obviously struggle against the Napoli's, the Juve's. They're going to really struggle. But I think this Genoa team, when they're playing teams like Crotone, teams like Spezia, teams like Benevento, Udinese, they're going to come out, they're going to know how important these games are, and they're going to hammer them. This team is capable of hammering them. Yeah, with, they- you have Zappa Costa there, you have Matteo Destro, the man, the leader, Goran Pandev. It's going, to be a Jack- it's going to be a Jekyll and Hyde team, yeah. I think, this season. And uh, Emmanuel Rivier, congratulations on his uh, Serie A. He opened up his account for Crotone. He spent, uh, I think, the last two seasons Serie B. Last team was Cosenza. So congrats to the uh, the Frenchman for scoring his first goal in Serie A. Congratulations Crotone, on The one bright spot in that game. Yeah. Um, next game, if we're done talking about them, was uh, Sassuolo Caleri. Sassuolo So... Our our boy Eusebio Di Francesco, we've been uh, you know we've been kind of talking down Caleri. He ends up pulling. I'd say an upset. He gets a one one draw. It's an upset, an for undeserved sure. draw. It's an upset for sure. So Suolo completely dominated that game. They did. I think they had uh, twenty one attempts on net. Thirty three. Thirty three shots. Yeah. Thirty three shots in net. They couldn't score. Well, you more have than one to. Goal. And the one credit you have to give to. You know, there was one player in particular that really did, you know, kind of mask Cagliari's errors in the defense there, but of course made a huge mistake on the goal. And Alessio Cragno, he played solid. I think he made, there were nine shots on target 
from Sassuolo of the 33, and he stopped eight of them. And they were all great saves. You know, he is going to be a great, he's going to be a busy goalkeeper this season. And, uh, you know, how long can he really carry this team? Because there are some bad gaps back there in the back four for uh, Cagliari. And with uh, the inevitable of Diego Dean coming in, yeah, it shores you up a little bit, but still that slow pace, it's scary. It's going to leave a hole there still. Yeah, and, and Di Francesco did exactly what we thought he would do. He's going to be stubborn and stick to his formation that we don't think works for this team. No. Nope. He's throwing, for instance, uh, Nandez, the Uruguayan national, international. He's playing him as a right winger, which is absurd to me. The guy's played as a destroyer in the midfield or a play. He's like a number eight. He does. Yeah. He's a jack of all trades in the midfielder, hustles a lot, but he goes and throws him on the wing to fit in a system. It's stuff like that it is why Caleri is going to go right down. This result, they were so lucky to come out with the draw. They were. They were lucky to even go ahead. Yeah. I was shocked when they went up. Yeah. It was against the run of play. Giovanni Simeone, beautiful finish. But Cranio was the standout performer of that game. He made a ton of saves, but he did make the error. I think it was a free kick goal by Abu Arabi, kind of in the final minutes of the game. I think Cranion should have saved it because it didn't quite go yeah. in the corner. I felt like it should was put more effort into he, it. he should have got to it, but Cranion, he got them that point. He did. Caleri, I'm especially after this, especially after seeing that yeah. Di Francesco is going to be stubborn, I'm not convinced with no, Caleri. No, it's, it's not going to last. It's not going to no, last. I, I think he... He, for me, is going to... And we know City had teams like to fire coaches up front and center. He's going to be on the chopping block right away, I Absolutely. Think. Absolutely. One thing I want to touch on in this game is, you know, Domenico Berardi and the way he leads the Sassuolo team. You know, he plays a great game. He comes in from... He can come in from the right side. He can come in from the left side. He can even come in right down the middle. He's such... He, he can play anywhere in that attacking front. He can even play as a striker. Do you think that a guy like Domenico Barardi deserves a chance on the Nazionale? On the Nazionale? It's a good question. Uh, since this team is since this national team is lacking an all out and out striker aside from Ciro Immobile, do you think they maybe go and give an option to they they take a chance on a Domenico Barardi give him a shot? It's it's hard to say. He is a great player has trouble staying healthy gets injured all the time my problem is he is uh very inconsistent like you look at his his numbers in the last last season he had an outstanding season 14 goals 10 assists you look at the previous five seasons though his goal scoring numbers weren't up there sure he uh scored a few goals got quite a few assists but he wasn't putting up the same numbers as as in his first two seasons in city with uh with uh, Sassuolo so he kind of first two seasons were phenomenal slowed right down injuries whatever not healthy and he's coming off a really great season this game he should have scored a goal that's the problem I don't think he's ready for La, La Nazionale he's inconsistent if he can get in a series of consistent performances then by all means put him in because he he'll add something different that maybe no Italian provides right now cutting in from that right side able to shoot um and kind of like politano but i'd say he's better at that than politano uh but in the nationale he is a continues playing the right side i think that right side has to be his like i said i think i'd rather chiesa be 
running on the right wing, crossing the ball and supplying his strikers as opposed to trying to get goals. So it's really what Mancini wants to do. But as of right now, I want to give Berardi the uh, spot for the La Nazionale. Keep him in the consideration, but for me, he's not quite there yet. Okay, great. That's a successful quality game. On to the next one. Andrea Pirlo's debut, Juventus Sampdoria. Andrea Pirlo. Big 3 nothing win. 1 and 0 right now. Yeah, beat Ranieri, outfoxed him. But I don't know if it, if, it was, if it was the tactics really that he outfoxed. I think Sampdoria came out really flat. They did. They, uh, you know, Ranieri said something very similar in his interview. He was not impressed. He couldn't believe that this was a team that came out from the, f- the first whistle. They played so bad. You got to give credit Juve, though. Maybe they made them play bad with their pressure, sure. relentless pressure. That was obviously a hallmark of Pirlo's tactics going forward is he's going to play a lot of offense, a lot of pressure, quick passing, runs behind the, the defense. But Sampdoria, they just couldn't handle the pressure. Even if even if Juve was kind of doing fake pressuring, they'd yeah. you know, kind of show that they were going to pressure, but they, you know, they faint. Sampdoria can handle it. Ekdal was giving the ball away left, right, and center. Sampdoria's tactics obviously were to go through Ekdal to create the play. He just, I can't say the amount of giveaways he did. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, they played so bad. Bonazzoli couldn't do nothing. No, he Janko, couldn't. Janko Thorsby, the midfield was just, I don't know. They were shameful. Uh, Dero played good for Sampdoria. He was probably the only uh, bright light in that team. Uh, but uh, yeah, enough about Sampdoria. Juve played good. Ronaldo did Ronaldo things. Took, uh, I think he had nine shots, one goal. He probably should have had a few more goals, but that's what Ronaldo does. I think what people, when they think of Ronaldo, they think about goals. But I, what I think what makes Ronaldo world class is his his ability to get into the positions to get shots off because he takes the most shots out of any player in Europe mm-hmm. and by a long shot. So that's what sets him apart. He's able to put himself in positions to score goals unlike anybody else. If he was to score the amount of if he was to score more efficiently, though, you know, more often I should say, his goal scoring numbers would even be even more ridiculous than what they are now. So that's what sets Ronaldo apart. He gets into these amazing positions uh Kulazewski, he played a good game he did uh nice finish there ramsey i think was a man of the match he broke up everything in the midfield good pressure set up ronaldo for his goal yeah. uh mckenny played a solid game Fab- frabotta too solid, yeah frabotta that was a big uh that was a big surprise in frabotta in the starting yeah. lineup and it was nice to see Chiellini come back from the injury played well Chesney made that big save off of Bonucci's uh face I think it hit him or his back that goal line save but the only thing I'd say about Juve everyone's praising Pirlo quite a bit but I think they still have a lot of the problems uh, from last season this defense I'm still not convinced of this defense the amount of giveaways even though Sampdoria played very poorly they still came up with 15 shots somehow and it was and it was through uh, lapses in, in judgment by Rabiot uh, just poor passing in the back, slow, sometimes lethargic passing in the back. Sampdoria was, you know, able to get these shots off. And if 
you know, UV plays like this against the big teams, they will get exposed uh, in the back end, I feel. So that's the only thing I'd say about Pirlo's team. Great offensively, defensively still, there's a lot of work needs to be done with this team. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Rabiot-McKenney partnership. I don't think Rabiot is, uh, is that Ajisa type of player. Yeah. I consider him an eight. He goes back and forth. He, he doesn't have... Uh, the spatial awareness I don't think to be a playmaker back there he's more of an offensive player to me you need Artur to come in and see what he can do I think he Artur coming in will change the dynamics of that uh, midfield so we'll see sure. but it was a thin Juve lineup Pirlo put these players on the field and they got the job done so congratulations to Pirlo on his first uh, yeah. victory 1-0 3 goals 4-0 again so far so then the final game yesterday I think that was probably a, that was a good statement game for AC Milan. AC Milan and Bologna. Yep. Big 2 nothing wins. Latan Ibrahimovic, two goals. Latan, he's the man. Man, that, that guy he's is a the machine. Man. He is a machine. He is an absolute machine. Benjamin Button, like he says. Yeah. Born old, going to die young. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Latan, so. Yeah. You want to touch on this game? Definitely. Uh out of all the teams this weekend, Milan impressed me the most. They were the most solid team from front to back. Not one player had a bad game. Uh, why I say they played better than Juve was because they didn't really have those lapses in judgment at the back. And they were playing against a better team in Bologna. Bologna played a really good game. They just didn't have the striker to finish their chances uh, or have a chance of finishing those chances. But Milan were, uh, I think, they looked the most solid mm, team this good. weekend. Uh, Ibra was amazing. Calabria, I've been watching this guy since he started at Milan. I'm excited for him. He's played really good. Theo Hernandez put in an amazing performance. Again, that beautiful cross for the first goal. That guy going forward is the best in the league. Benacer, nothing flashy, controlled the midfield. No one from Bologna could get any, get it anywhere near him. He was just able to wriggle away from any challenge and make that pass. Safety Donnarumma played good. Some big saves. Kyer too, solid in defense. The biggest uh, standout for me, though, because he was a bit of an unknown to me, was this uh, Matteo Gabbia. He mm-hmm. really impressed me. Very good, aggressive, confident defender, which I like to see in a young, uh, in a young defender especially. He played with no fear. He was more than happy to go up and challenge, uh, you know, his opposition. So I was very happy to see how he played. He looks good. Potential star for the La Nazionale. Uh, And that's it. I think Stefano Pioli, too. I was happy that he left Tonali on the bench. What do you think of Tonali coming on? Uh, He has a lot to learn. Let's just put it that way. He, uh, He didn't impress me too much, even though he didn't have much time to do anything he just you know he did simple passes yeah but it wasn't good to see him get pushed off the ball so easily maybe he just has to build up that confidence a little bit he has to get used to now being on an attacking side as opposed to a defending side so it's a bit of a different mindset and that's the biggest thing i'm just happy stefano pioli has the uh the wisdom to leave him on the bench and give him time because tonali he is going to need it you can tell he's not ready uh, you know, at this at the top level yet, he's not ready. 
Uh, so just give him time. I have faith he will get there eventually, but he needs a time. And uh, in regards to Bologna, you know, they played a really good game. Just they were up against a superior opponent. They yeah, couldn't break down that Milan tough squad. Loss, tough loss. And, uh, Any thoughts on this game? I think, uh, you know, you, you feel sorry for uh, for Bologna losing this game. But, you, you know, you lost against a better team. And um, I think Bologna is going to definitely turn a lot of heads this, this season. They're, not, they're no pushover, that's for sure. I mean, the weakness is in goal. But uh, other than that, this team is very well built, really solid. And is going to claim a few scalps. Will be a solid mid-table finish for Bologna. So don't let the two nothing, don't let the two nothing loss in the first weekend, you know, fool you. This this team is really good. Yeah, they, like we said, they're up against a really good opponent. I think so far, they've showed AC that they're the best team in City. Yeah, but there's six more teams to play. So exactly. we'll see. But they were the best team on this weekend. They were the bright uh, spot. Um. And that's that's all the games. Right? Yeah, that was it. And uh, the other three, the other three games are set to go. I think midweek next week um, to to catch up for that month off. But uh, you know, it looks like we have uh, some great games coming up this coming yeah, match Saturday, day. Saturday, yeah, Saturday. So it's Torino's actually not playing Inter, but they are playing another Nerazzurri team, who is Atalanta. So Atalanta's mm-hmm. making their debut. Uh, they're opening up their Serie A campaign uh, for 2020-2021. How do you think it's going to go, Torino-Atlanta? I think Gianpaolo, same thing. He's going to continue to be stubborn and try and... He's going to go out and play Atalanta. He's not, gonna, he's not the type of manager to sit back, so he's going to bring the game to Atalanta, and Atalanta is just going to run all over them because they got... They're going to have the momentum from last year. They have a lot of the same players from last year, but now they even signed better players. Yeah. Um, I think they just signed Lammers from PSV, Idovan, Young, good center midfielder. So they've, and Mirinchuk, we mentioned before. So they're adding pieces to this team. So Atalanta is going to look even more dangerous. So. I believe they got Puccini on the right side now. Yeah, and they have Puccini on the right Puccini side Puccini. too. He came from, I think, Real Betis yeah. in Spain. So. They have a whole bunch of new additions to this team. I Atalanta, I think, are just going to steamroll Torino. I think you're probably going to see three-plus goals from this uh, Atalanta team. Sorry, Sirigu, it's going to happen. Yeah, I just can't see it happen either way. Next match is going to be Lazio-Caleri. What do you think? This is Lazio's debut game too? Yeah, Lazio's debut game against Caleri. I think Lazio's going to come out and win this game. Caleri's going to line up 4-3-3, try to soak it in. Alessio Crano is going to be a busy goalkeeper. Ciro Immobile, I think, scores two, three goals this game. I think Lazio's got so many weapons in their starting 11. Yes. In their starting 11. They, they got do so, lack depth. They lack depth, but this is their first game of the season. They're going to go all out. They know they need these three points. They want a top four finish. It's a big season for them. It's a big season for Simone Inzaghi leading this team. I think Lazio comes out and hammers Cagliari. Yeah, I think they'd be Caledi too. Same, kind of the same reasons as above with Torino. Zebio, like we said before, he's going to be stubborn. He's going to come and attack Lazio, which is going to be a big mistake because Lazio's entire game is based off counterattack. Yeah. Even though I feel the Lazio uh, train is losing momentum, I feel like that air is coming to an end. And I think obviously they have enough in their tank uh, to take out this Caledi team. So I'd give Lazio the win yeah. there, Simone Inzaghi give him the win so I think right now we both agree you know Atalanta beating Torino Lazio beating Cagliari yeah 
Next those up, are the obvious yeah. ones. Right? You got it. You can't. You got to win those games. You got to win those games. You got to win those games. Next up, before your big, before your team makes their yes. start, is uh, Sampdoria Benevento. Yes, another debut. Another debut for welcome back Benevento. Welcome back, another people, uh, people, the people who I forgot actually to mention. I had a little thing in the Juve game about Ronaldo how he gets in all those positions. Yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson, when he was in his Man U days, told Ronaldo, study the movement and the tapes of these players. And can you guess who the two players were? No. One was Pipo Inzaghi. Wow. And the other one was Marco Van Basten. Wow. So those are the two players Sir Alex Ferguson told Ronaldo, study these videos and you'll be, and look at the guy. He's yeah. them on steroids. So <laughs> obviously it worked. But anyway, welcome back, Pipo Inzaghi. You were excited to see him uh, make his debut. That's going to be a tricky game. That is a tricky game. I really don't know what to expect out of this Benevento side. Yeah. And then, you know, how quickly can Ranieri turn around the Sampdoria team that looks so flat against Juventus, right? Yeah, which I think he's, if there's anyone capable of it, it is uh, Oh, it's Ranieri. Claudio Ranieri, 100%. You know, he won't, uh, you know, he's going to be hard on those guys to correct those mistakes. So what are you thinking on this? This one, I think it's going to be a draw. Yeah. I just think Benevento, they're going to go in this. They're going to be like, listen, it's our first game. Let's not lose it. Let's yeah, as long easy. as Benevento doesn't lose this game, I think they'll be content with a point. Exactly. It's building. And I think some do the same thing. They're going to go into this game. We can't lose another one. Let's at least get a point of this. So I think they're both going to kind of be a bit timid in their approach, be a bit of a stalemate in the midfield, and I think you're looking at a draw in this game. Yeah, uh, that's the way I look at it. Absolutely. And then next up, we got, that's the after, this is the afternoon game on Saturday. Yes. Inter Fiorentina. Finally, don't have to wait anymore. The Stadio Giuseppe Miazza. In tough game. Fiorentina. I know. Not I think a, it might be a tough game. Not an easy game to start the season with for Inter. I don't even know what to think. You know Fiorentina is going to set up in a counterattack because it's Beppe Iacchini. Yeah. So they're going to let Inter... Take it to them, and they're gonna try and find gaps. That's that's just how I feel about this. Yeah, hundred percent. It's all about the matchups. You're gonna have uh, Chiesa going up against Ashley Young on the left side. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have uh, Hakimi going up against Biragi, which is gonna be very interesting yep. on the other wing because they're both gonna play three man defense, five in the midfield, yep. two up top. So who wins those battles on the wing? That's that's the biggest thing. Chiesa. Probably has the legs on Ashley Young. For sure. I think Hakimi's going to destroy Biragi on the other wing. Um, I just hope whoever the left center back is probably going to be maybe Bastoni. He He's going to be on his game because Ashley Young is going to need help shutting down Chiesa. In the midfield battle, I think Inter should win it. Uh, they have the better ball players in the midfield. They do. And they have a lot more pieces. That's going to be, that's the hardest part. I don't know what Conte is going to go with as a starting lineup because so many players came back from loan. They signed a few more players. Like Arturo Vidal was finally finalized. Congratulations. Welcome, Artur. So it's very hard to see who he's going to pick in the midfield. But I think overall, Inter does have the better ball players in the midfield. I think they have the better attack. So. Lukaku and Lautaro should be able to pick holes in that uh, in the Firenze defense. Uh, Inter did have the best defense last season, so you got to think the momentum is going to keep going. But this fixture has never been an easy game for Inter. But I'm not saying Inter is going to lose the very first game of the season. They have to win. If you're going to win the league, you have to you have win, to this, win game. this game. You have to make a statement. It's winner bust this year for Inter. You have to win yes. this game. 
and uh, I think Inter's going to go all out. Not going to be an easy game, but I think they'll they'll get the result. Great, great. So let's go right into let's jump right into Sunday's matches. Sunday's fixtures, yes. So first one is Spezia making their Serie A debut. Yes, Vincenzo Italiano is the coach. Yep, former player player. I think at Chievo Verona. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing about him, which we didn't mention last time, is he's coached three teams to promotion and back to back to back seasons. He's brought teams up to promotion. He's won the league. So I think that's the first ever coach in uh, in Italian history that's ever done that. Yes. They got a obviously a good manager there. But coming up against Sassuolo. Sassuolo, a team that needs to win, a team that should have won their last game. I think they walk all over Spezia. I think Sassuolo walks all over Spezia too. Yeah, Caputo is going to open up his goal scoring account. Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see who 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 starts in goal for Spezia because Spezia, you know, they had some great goalkeepers Um, last year. They had Simone Scuffe starting for them, getting them promotion. Who's back at Udinese now? But they also had a Canadian talent as their backup goalkeeper in Axel Desjardins, who is still with the squad. uh, Spent a number of years in the youth system at Spezia. Um, so now what's going to be happening is you got Zoet from PSV yes. and you got Raphael, right? Well, so, Zoet just came from Utrecht. Oh, Utrecht. Sorry. Yes, but sorry. He, he played for PSV. Most famously from PSV. Yeah. So you, you know, two solid goalkeepers there in Raphael and Zoet. Who starts there? You probably give the edge to Zoet, but uh, I don't think it matters who they start in goal. This Spezia team looks far, far, far inferior to the Sassuolo team. I think it's a walkover for Sassuolo. Yeah, Spezia's made a few signings. Uh, this window's been open. Some youth signings from Atalanta, but yeah, I just... I can't see it. I can't see it either. I can't Sassuolo, see it. you gotta, you gotta win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next game, your, fa- your favorite team, Alas Verona, yeah. versus your other favorite team, Udinese. Udinese. I think this game goes to Verona. And you think to Verona? I th- Verona, Verona, yes. Verona was inferior to Roma, but they exposed Roma at the same time when the opportunities that they had. They have some great pieces there. Yes, they lost Mirage Kambula, but it seems like they're still, you know, marching on doing their doing their thing. I think Hellas Verona wins this game. I just this Udinese team looks like a, a disaster to me, and uh, I you know we'll see if they we'll see if they prove me wrong. But uh, I think Verona wins this game. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. This is Udinese's uh, debut. If you haven't mentioned that yet, this is their first game. Don't know what to expect from them. I don't know if they. I can't recall them making any major signings. No, nothing major. Right, the season, the team's relatively the same. It's hard. I don't know. I think I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to give Udinese yeah. the benefit of the doubt. I think Hellas Verona is going to feel happy with that three points they picked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're going to take this victory for granted. Them. So I'm calling a draw for this game. Okay. Okay. Next up, we got Napoli Genoa. Napoli Genoa. What do you think? Genoa, the, the uh, highest scoring team from the weekend that just passed versus Napoli hands down though I think Napoli yeah I, I agree with you I think Napoli's got to win this game Genoa's happy with their three points that they got good team but not good enough to beat this Napoli team yeah this Napoli team like we said no weaknesses they're going to beat them in every department midfield forward defense absolutely absolutely I don't think Genoa has too much of a chance in no. this game the, then we got AC Milan against Crotone <laughs> 
<laughs> do we even have to? Do we even have to predict this game? And this is going to be a cakewalk for Milan. Milan. <laughs> oh, man. Zlatan's going to get a hat trick, I think. Yeah, he's going to get the Capo Cananieri just based off of this game. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Poor Cordaz, man. Poor yeah. Cordaz. That guy's going to be busy. So I think unanimous decision with Milan. Oh, you see Milan, hands down. The big game. Yeah. The big game in the afternoon. The Roma last Juventus. game of Sunday. Roma, the Roma disasters Juventus. versus Juventus. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. This is a big derby for me and my dad, who is uh, who is a big Juve fan. Uh, so, Dad, we're going to get to watch Roma and Juventus really early on this season, but I don't think it's going to have the same nostalgia as it has in the past years. This Roma team's a disaster. Uh, I hope Ed Zeko plays. I hope he stays, and I hope he plays. That's going to really change the game for Roma. You know, Roma... I love you guys. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm forever loyal to you guys. Jalorossi for life. Um, but uh, I really hope you guys prove me wrong, but I can't see you guys beating Juventus. I really can't. Uh, I think this game is going to be a lot tighter than people think it will be. Uh, defensively, I think we're okay. And who are you going to start in goal? Are you going to start Antonio Mirante again, or are you going to start Paulo Lopez? I think in this game you start Mirante. This is a game where you want Mirante. I, I don't know. I don't know. Paul, Paul Lopez. I don't know. I don't think he's as good of a shot stopper as Mirante. Paul Lopez is more of a of a passing goalkeeper. He is more. Of it a would be a big mistake if Roma tries to pass from the back because Juve is going to destroy them with the press. I, but I'm going to tell you that's what's going to happen. They're going to be very stubborn, try and do their intricate passing in the back. That's, Paulo, that's the Paulo Fonseca way. And then Juve is going to get a, a goal. That's that the Paulo Fonseca way. But. But Roma does have the pieces. The defense is solid. No. It's not bad. No. When you have Brian Cristante playing at center back in your back three, it's a problem. That's bad, yeah. Chris Smalling, can you please just pack your bags, leave United, and just fly over? Just terminate your contract with United. Take the cut and come to Roma because we need you. We need you. I don't want to see Brian Cristante in center back ever again. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. It is, but... They didn't play. They didn't play bad. They played. They, they didn't concede. Ibanez, you got to look at the positives too. Ibanez had a great game. Spinazzola was unreal on that left side. If you can have a game like that against Juve, if he goes up against Cordado and he plays like that, he'll give Juve a lot of trouble. Like I said, this Juve team has weaknesses that are being overlooked because these days everyone's obsessed with offensive football. It's true. Everyone's man. obsessed, and that's why. You look. There's no. There's no depth in defending. Do you anymore, think really. Roma comes out with a point? Do you think Roma no, can do something? They, I don't think they have a chance at getting <laughs> at getting a point in this game. But what I'm saying is, if they play their cards right, there are holes in this UV team that are being overlooked because of the hype with Pirlo coming in. The offensive, you know, people think Pirlo how he played as a player, the offensive flair, the offensive flair. Everyone forgets about the defense. We got to remember under Sadi, UV. The defense looked terrible. It looked terrible. It did not look like what a Juve team should look like. When I think of Juve, I think of all the great defenders they've had throughout history. That's what you think of uh, Juve. Turam, Cannavaro, Ferrara, you can name drop nonstop. Paolo Martero, you can drop so many names in that center back position. And they're still running off of Chiellini Bonucci. That can't stay like that. That dynamic, it worked when a city I wasn't really competitive, but now they're both older. 
Bonucci's, you know, been shown not to be a great defender when he doesn't have Chiellini around him. He went to Milan and he was a complete failure there. So, you know what? This this team has some defensive uh, fragility that can be taken advantage of. And maybe Roma can pop a goal and I still don't think they'll get the result cuz not that I don't think they have the quality to do so. I just think Paolo Fonseca is another type of coach who's too married to a system. He wants to always build up from the back. And I think that's how Juve is going to beat them. They're just going to press them hard. Roma's going to crack under that pressure. And Ronaldo's going to do what he does. He's going to shoot and score a goal or get a header or something. Juve is just going to rely on that moment of brilliance. And I think that's how they're going to win this game. Yeah, well, I think we both agree that Juve is going to win this game. So <laughs> I think that's Why even watch then? <laughs> yeah, why even watch? Uh, we, I like to suffer. Roma is the fan. So <laughs> Ro, us Romanisti, we, li- we like to suffer for some reason. We get some sort of salvation out of it. I don't know. But anyways, uh, last game of the match day. It goes on Monday, September 28th. It's Bologna-Parma. What do you think of this game? Very interesting game. Very yeah. interesting game. This is a very even match. Sinsa Mihailovic, Fabio Liverani's teams. Two teams I like to come out and play. Like I said, I was impressed with, you know, with both of them. Both of them did not play bad. Yeah. Bologna against Milan and uh, Parma against yeah. Napoli. They both played, you know, two of the better teams in the league. Oh, and, they did. And they both did pretty well. They did. Did you hear what Fabio Liverani was, came out saying? That Parma needs more pieces, more more up top. So he's already calling out his team, saying we need this, this, and this. Exactly. And, and when we were doing our kind of, I guess, a review show, we can call it, about them. That was one of the things we said about Parma. They were a team built with no creativity. It was all counterattack, counterattack, and nothing really building up for the midfield. So that's that's it. You know, they need they need to invest. They need more depth in those positions. They need guys to fit Fabio Liberani's uh, system or else it's not going to work. Yeah. Why, why hire him? So that's where you got to give Bologna the edge because uh, Mihailovic, he's been with this team longer, right? So he knows his players better. He does. He knows. And this is a great, really good Bologna team. Yeah. Who they're just missing a great striker. They're still running Rodrigo Palacio. He's good, but you need someone else. You do. You need another you goal. Should have hung on to Matteo Destro. Yeah, consider now how we started. Yeah, should have hung on to him. Yeah, that's okay. So you give him Bologna or par- Bologna? I'll, I'll give edge? Bologna this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to give Bologna the win too on that one. So that wraps up uh, match day two for the Serie A. Um, is there anything uh, that you want to touch on in the in the news or in the transfers? Yeah, let's talk about. There's a bit of a twist in the Luis Suarez uh, yeah. transfer. Let's call it, call it a debacle now for Juve. Yeah. So I think it's pretty common knowledge. I don't think he's moving to Juve anymore. No. Because it took him forever to do his uh, citizenship exam, yeah. exam. Which he cheated on. Which, yeah, which I was going <laughs> to just say. So he passed it. Yeah. Doesn't speak a lick of Italian, but he got 100%. So they're saying <laughs> he was given the answers before the test. Oh, yeah, for sure he was. And he uh, he cheated <laughs> to, <laughs> to pass. So I really wanted to play for Juve. So that. The apple doesn't fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Cheating some in Juve. Daggers got, there, uh, some daggers there. Juve fans, you got to give us some responses. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, he's not coming to Juve anymore. That's well known because now they got Marata. So we can talk about Marata too. I don't know how the hell this guy keeps getting big teams. Yeah, I know he hasn't him. done much. He's done nothing. He has, you know what? He wasn't that bad when he, with his two years at Juve. He wasn't. Oh, he was good at Juve for those two years, but after that, he went to I, uh, Chelsea. Was it? Yeah, Chelsea. The Chelsea, Atletico, Real Madrid. There was a stint too. I think again, yeah. he did nothing. He, no, he didn't do nothing. And now he's at Juve. Well, you look they, at this guy's resume. Maybe they think, and I'm surprised with how much money they're paying for this loan. I think it's like nine million this yeah, it's year. Crazy. Like it's astronomical. I know Pirlo played with him at Juve, so he must. Maybe he thinks he can unlock something that no other coach can because he, I think he trained is, with him every day. Honestly, That's what it's got to be. I think it's a panic. It's a panic purchase. Or a panic loan because they know that Zeko's not coming anymore. Yeah, I think that's what it is because they do need someone, they, and they do need someone. It was a panic. Pirlo didn't want to wait anymore. He pushed the board. Like they waited long enough for Ed and Zeko, and I think they were trying to get a, a bargain out of it because, yeah. like, hey, it's taking so long. You better knock off a million here or there. And yeah, Roma it, said it, no. it just doesn't make sense. Now this is your what your fourth pick striker. Yeah, you know, hasn't really done much. No. You, you, had, you, you had Iguain. You're better off probably just keeping you him. You were probably better off you're keeping him. You're probably better off just keeping that guy. Morata, you're paying him anyways. Yeah. Is Morata going to make this team better? I really don't think so. No. Iguain can do what he... Iguain's laughing. I'm yeah, telling you. I think he's Iguain laughing. in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the... I think the second top goal yeah. for you for Juve. Yeah. He pitched in with some big goals in Champions League last year. So you can't be relying on Ronaldo all the time. So who's going to score for them now? Uh, I don't know. Morata. Well, apparently that's the, so. that's the idea. Well, the we'll idea see. is Morata. If you're maybe, bringing him in, maybe Pirlo, what's Morata? I don't know. Maybe Pirlo knows something more than we do. I don't know. I don't know. It's just this whole thing is a huge debacle, and it's yeah. all Adek Milik's fault. So <laughs> it is your fault, Milik. You got Milik. greedy. You made you've made Christian mad. Milik. You got greedy. You know what? Here's my little thing of why I'm so upset about this. You know. I was ready to get Adek Milik jerseys for my two boys. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my wife is Polish. I'm Italian. And how beautiful it was to be, you know, a, a, Pol- a Polish solid superstar. Well, I wouldn't say superstar because Robert Lewandowski is a superstar. But a solid Polish forward that's a well-known name is, was coming to Roma. And what better way to brainwash my kids into becoming Roma fans than Adek Milik. And you know what? You ruined it. So thanks a lot. Strong words. Milik, send him a signed jersey or something because you, you've pissed him off. Uh, anything else you can think of? Was there any other transfers? I don't think there was much yeah, on the transfer much, right? front. Um, I know there's some Nangolan talks for a Kaledi transfer. Yeah, Kaledi, they want Nangolan again. Yeah. I don't think they have the money because yeah. they're going to sign Diego Godin. I don't know where they're getting all this money from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see if they come to an agreement. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of a new signing for Inter. Pedisic, he, he's ready to stay at Inter, ready to fight it out. Bayern Munich didn't want to move forward on signing him. Uh, so he's like a brand new signing, something. You know, I know Conte wasn't too pleased with him last preseason. No. But maybe Pedisic, he's learned something being in the Bundesliga. Maybe. maybe. And winning the Champions League. Yeah, maybe it's lit something in Paris that he's seen what it maybe. takes to win. And now we have that winner in this team. I think it's only good for Inter. Yeah. That uh, Pedisic, he's been now in the World Cup final. He's, he's been in the Champions League final. He won. Yeah. 
Now let's see if he can win this uh, Scudetto. With Absolutely. Inter. And a couple more that are that are coming in here. So Iago Falke is set to join Benevento. Iago good, Falke. Good signing. Good signing for Benevento, I think. Iago Falke offers a lot. I think his last team was Torino. Yeah. Yeah. Torino, yeah. He's he was, a, I think he was sent on loan somewhere. I think so. Don't quote me, but he definitely he. But he offers something to Benevento, right? Yes. So good yeah. for them. I mean, they're they're really starting to pick up some players. That's why it's hard to read. It's hard to read Benevento because, like I said, they dominated Serie B last year. They know what it takes to stay in Serie. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I had they them. Know I had them what surviving. It takes. I think yeah, they have them surviving too. And then uh, it'll be nice to see them play this week, upcoming week, and see what they're made of. Yeah. And then speaking of debacles and disasters. Mario Balotelli is in talks to join Genoa. Really? Yeah, that's that's news. That's news to me too. That's news. That don't do it, Genoa. Don't do it. <laughs> you're 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 good with Mattia Destro. Please don't do this. If you guys want to stay up and you guys don't want any drama around your team, don't do it. Yeah, I don't think that'd be good for Mattia Destro. I don't think that would uh no. Make him too happy, especially after the bright start to the season he had. No. And then another one for Genoa. So, Luca Pellegrini is at Genoa for his medical. Really? Left back. The Juve left back. The Juve left back. Do you, you know what, Genoa? You guys are impressing me with all these signs that you're making. I told you. Now I got to take them out of relegation. I had them bottom three. They, see, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. So, think about this now. You got Matteo Perin as your center back. Or not, sorry, sorry. Matteo Perin is your goalkeeper. And then on the right side, you got Zappa Costa. On the left side, you're going to have Pellegrini. Destro up top. Good. Solid. Solid team. Good stuff, Genoa. Good stuff. like to see it. You want to move on to Italians Abroad? Yeah, let's move on. Go ahead. Yeah, so a few topics we can talk about, but we're going to keep it uh, short, this one, because we're kind of running out of time here. But... Um, we're going to talk about Petit Saint-Germain. Big scrap, I think, two or three games ago. Oh, against Marseille? Yeah, five, I think there was five red cards, something. Yeah. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of red cards thrown out. Suspensions left, right, and center for Petit Saint-Germain. They have two Italians on the team, Florenzi Verratti. So they've been uh, in the starting lineup for the last few games with all these suspensions, and they've really helped Kerry Petty. You know, back up the table. Petty mm-hmm. started 0-2 for the season. They've just come back and won their last two. So Florenzi and Verratti have been very good in those two games. Uh, Verratti, it's expected, but for Alessandro for Florenzi, I'm very impressed with uh, the way he's been playing in Paris. I was Solid not player. expecting that. He kind of fell off the earth for me. Solid player. And then uh, look at what he's doing on Petty. I know it's only been, I think, the two games for him, but... Solid player. It's a shame he didn't fit into the Fonseca system. For I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Hmm. I'm really happy. There's a guy that gave that gave everything for the crest and uh, on the front, not the name on the back. So, you know, all the credit in the world to Alessandro Florenzi. And, you know, I hope you have a fantastic season at Petit Saint-Germain and get into this Nazionale team for the Euro because you more than deserve it. Let's move on to, let's bring it back home, the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, let's wrap it up with that. So, so Halifax and Forge made it, just like I predicted. But unfortunately, the final result wasn't the way I wanted it. Forge winning 2-0, beating Halifax Wanderers. Credit to Halifax Wanderers, they made it to the final. Had a great showing. Uh, But the Forge FC, they were just 
they were the better team. They won. They opened them up in the second half. Uh, Alexander Akinyoti Janssen, sorry for the mispronunciation, scoring, taking the lead in the 60th minute, and then Maxim Tissot scoring in the 90th minute. So the Canadian Premier League is now two seasons old, and the only champions ever in the Canadian Premier League, Hamilton Forge FC. <laughs> so <laughs> congratulations to them. Uh, what I'm really excited about is... Forge FC will now be playing in the Canadian Championship Final against, believe it or not, Toronto FC. Uh, Montreal ended up blowing that game against the Vancouver Whitecaps, and they actually lost. All they had to do was win by more than one goal, and they actually lost. And shameful, shameful. I don't think Thierry Henry is a good coach, but that's a, that's another that's another story for another time. But uh, congratulations to Toronto FC. They're in. So. I'm really excited about this Canadian Championship game with the CONCACAF Champions League spot on the line. We talked about this in the first episode. You really want that measuring stick of where the Canadian Premier League fits by going up against MLS opposition. Because that really realistically is your measuring stick right now. Now you're going to go up against them. And as much as I love York 9 FC and I'm not supposed to like Forge FC... I am a fan of the Canadian Premier League. I believe in the Canadian Premier League and what it offers and what it's going to do for the future of Canadian soccer. And I want to see Forge FC win this game. I really do. And uh, even though we're from Toronto, we you know we we were in the stands for both MLS Cup finals together. Yeah. Uh, and we're over the moon when they when they did win the MLS Cup in the second one. But. This is huge for the Canadian Premier League. You are one win away from the CONCACAF Champions League. And you really want to see how you line up against your competition? This is the game right here. This is the game. They don't know when it's going to go down. They don't know where it's going to go down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it's going to happen. And the winner of that will be in the CONCACAF Champions League. On another note, the Forge FC uh, are also in the CONCACAF League, which is a, which is the first tournament before the CONCACAF Champions League, which in turn gives them, if they win the CONCACAF League, whoever wins the CONCACAF League gets into the CONCACAF Champions League. So it's another opportunity for them. They just finished their draw and they will be playing, uh, I believe the El Salvador um, the El Salvador Champions. Um, I forget the name. I forget the name off the top of my head, but uh, they are playing the champions of El Salvador, and uh, the winner of that will be playing. Um, will be playing. Sorry, uh, will be playing uh, Panama's Tauro FC in the second round. Um, um, so we'll see what happens there. You know, all the best to them. Uh, you know, it's a great tournament. They they did very well last year in the Concacaf League, and I uh, think they know what it, it takes to get to the next level. But uh, I really, I'm really gunning for you guys. I think all of Canada is really gunning for you guys. All the Canadian soccer fans out there really want this Canadian Premier League to work. And we're, I think all of Canada is behind you against Toronto FC. It feels like it's Canada against America. It really does. I think uh, in uh, on Toronto FC, you only have four or five Canadians in that lineup. Whereas on, the, on Forge FC, out of the 23 players, I think 20 of them are. So what's more Canadian? For Jeff C. So, congratulations on winning the CONCACAF Premier League. 
congratulations on winning the Island Games. Good luck in the CONCACAF League. And uh, for the team that you're playing, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I forget the name of them. Um, but, uh, you know, good luck. Forge FC is a really tough team. And uh, for Toronto FC, I really hope you guys mess up against the Forge FC. So that's all I got to say about that. Perfect. And on another note, one thing we did miss uh, mentioning the Europa League fixtures, there was some qualification games going on. Yeah. On Thursday, Milan played Shamrock Rovers, came through with the results, so they're off to the next uh, stages of qualifying in the Europa League. So congratulations to them and keeping their European uh, dreams alive. Who do they play now? Do we know? In the next round... Not sure if the draw was done yet. Yeah, I don't think the draw's yeah. been done yet. I think uh, the draw still has to be done, but they're definitely through. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So there's going to be a whole bunch of, uh, I believe, Champions League uh, qualifications occurring this week as well. Yep. Some more Europa League. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll have a lot more stuff to talk about. Yeah. And please, once again, Leave us some comments, any questions, let us know. We're more than happy to answer. And we just want to make a shout out uh, to our followers, our international followers uh, from Australia, Italy, Poland, USA, and of course, our uh, followers from home, Canada. Thank you, everybody, for listening. All the positive feedback, it's uh, been very nice, you know, and we're to keep doing this so we really appreciate it we really appreciate the support and uh the fact that we got followers from around the world now is just you know it's very humbling so yeah it's very exciting and please share it if you like what we're doing share it uh rate it like it get it out there and continue doing what we're doing absolutely all right everybody have a a good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you're listening (laughs) to this podcast whatever time Uh, and, and until next time Ciao ragazzi. Ciao.